0: As a journalist, I have, you know, the power of the pen to to bring light to, to issues that you don't often see, and I think um, it's really interesting to watch with social media. There's so much artifice, and there's so much pretending that your life is one way. And I and I would love to um, to devote more time to being transparent
1: about the full picture of life. Hello, welcome back to I Want Our Job the podcast. Conversations with ladies leading the future of business. Today we're speaking with Megan McDowell, Women's Wear Daily's first San Francisco-based reporter completely focused on technology and fashion. Women's Wear Daily was founded in 1910 and is also known as the Fashion Bible. It's a go-to magazine for fashion insiders. And today we talk to Megan about what it's like to work as a reporter, how she juggles up to 10 stories a week, the balancing act of speed versus accuracy, Trends in fashion and technology, and a lot more. So, if you like fashion, we think you'll enjoy this conversation. Let's get started. Hello, Megan. Welcome to the show. We're so excited that you've joined us, your first uh, technology and fashion reporter. Thank you. Excited to talk to you. And we're excited, so tell us all about your current job as technology reporter for Women's Wear Daily.
0: So I report on everything that is about the future of the fashion industry. So future of commerce, retail, clothing, beauty, media, very much a business focus on um, the future of the fashion industry and what's important to the people who work in it.
1: Got it. And so for people completely new to this industry, can you tell us about Women's Wear Daily, also known as the fashion Bible, and how it's a leader in fashion reporting? Sure. I mean, it's been
0: around since um, 1910. So it's definitely been around for a really long time. And I think the reason it's called, you know, I I didn't coin the term fashion Bible, but I, I totally understand why that is, because it's often the first in fashion. It's the first to report on trends or news stories. And it's definitely for the business of fashion so it's less for consumers or fashion enthusiasts even though many enthusiasts read it it's very much about um you know something that the fashion editors read and the fashion industry reads and we kind of inform them about like what they should be thinking about and um the trends that are on the horizon so that's probably why it's called that because it's
1: you know, often the first thing that the fashion industry reads in the morning. And that's fascinating because these are the, the experts who are reading this. <laughs> so right. how are you able to um, stay on top of trends that, um, you know, the experts don't see? Is it um, the, the type of people that are employed? Like what strategies do you use to be the first to report on these types of stories?
0: And that's a good question. And that's something that um, is one of the biggest challenges of my job is to make sure that I'm, um, I have a good relationship with the companies that I report on. And to let them know, you know, we love exclusives, we love to get a heads up. I think um, that's, you know, part of what the job entails is building that rapport and building that relationship and reaching out to companies and being very inquisitive and kind of keeping your eyes and ears open anytime you report on one story, you chances are you'll get another story idea as you're talking to those contacts or, you you know, you just stay up to date. Um, And a lot of times companies... You know know that the kind of stuff I report on and once I've recovered them once or twice they you know get in the habit of emailing me or calling me if they have something on the horizon that they think might be interesting.
1: Got it and you can you give us an example of some of the types of stories that you've worked on um, and what with what types of businesses and organizations?
0: Sure so I mean my title as tech reporter is truly covering the big tech companies in Silicon Valley so um, Twitter, Facebook, Google, um, all those companies are right in my backyard and that's kind of my purview. Um, but also any smaller startups and um, like social media apps that are new that involve the fashion industry, even you know wearables or new production techniques. Um, so today in the paper I had two stories come out. One was on Twitter and um, some updates there and then the other one was on uh, Barbie who's become a paid uh, fashion influencer
1: through her Instagram account. And so those are two examples of of stories that I cover. Interesting. And so when I think Twitter and Facebook, I don't necessarily think fashion and maybe other people don't. So can you give us a little more um, background on that? Sure. So, I mean, if you think about what is
0: important to the fashion industry, the people reading my stories, what is important to them? So, if Twitter makes it easier to share videos or incorporate video advertising into a tweet, or if Facebook allows you to shop um, your merchandise directly on your Facebook account, these are highly relevant updates to the fashion industry because so much of the industry is online, it's digital, um, so much advertising, so much um, engagement with your customers is on a digital forum. So. That, I mean, how commerce is done, whether it's Google Maps and shopping or searching,
1: I mean, that's very relevant and truly affects their business. Got it. No, now it's coming together. And that is fascinating. So, for example, I think, you know, video is supposed to be, you know, exploding, right? And so there's so much opportunity with how you would use video for fashion creatively. Is that something that um, you're excited about?
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. There's so much development in video. Um, Facebook is investing heavily. Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, Um, Pinterest just created some updates around video, Twitter, everyone is focusing on video advertising and that's because phones are better. Everyone has Wi-Fi. It's just another way to reach the customer more easily. Um, Apple TV, I think is fascinating shopping, you know, like when you think of QVC and HSN
1: now you can shop with your app on Apple TV. I think all of those developments are fascinating. I've been here for a while, like the death of the, of the mall and the, um, I'm sure mm-hmm. it must be so stressful for companies who have all these retail um, brick-and-mortar stores. The tr- do you see the trend of those really um, decreasing, right? as as I mean, mm-hmm. most people I know do half or more of their shopping online now.
0: What I really see is more um, it changing. I think, you know, I compare it to the print industry. You know, a lot of people said, oh, the death of print. But I think there will always be a space for a, physical shopping experience. But I think of what we think of as the store and what the store provides for us is that concept is changing. Mm -hmm. So um, I think obviously anytime there's change, it's uncomfortable and scary, but I think that's necessary.
1: And I think people will always have, there will always be a need for the physical realm. Sure. And are there any stores you've been to that excite you in the way that they're, you know, bringing in creative technologies into the shopping experience? oh of course i mean everyone
0: is uh i think mod cloth is really interesting in the way they're approaching their sample shop or their fit shop um so they don't hold all the inventory they just have one of each in each size and you go and try it on and they ship it to you at home i think that's interesting um let's see nyx cosmetics they um have incorporated a lot of the social media stars and the Digital content right in the shopping experience, so you can scan a mascara and then see a video screen of different fashion bloggers and style bloggers who have used it and how they
1: use that product. I think that's that's really interesting. Yeah, it sounds it does sound fascinating. And what about so getting into what it's like to be in your job? How long do stories take? How many do you work on at a time? Um, what mm-hmm. skills do you find using the most?
0: Okay, so um, how long does it take? It can take anywhere. I mean it's shocking how quickly I can write some stories when I need to, because um, a lot of tech companies just kind of throw news out there, you know, without a lot of warning and it's up to us to scramble and compete because we're always competing to be the first to report on stuff. Um, So, I mean, I can write a story in an hour depending on like how quickly I need to. And if, especially if I've reported on the topic previously, I can pull from my, my previous reporting and my knowledge. And so that makes it easier the more and more I cover a certain company. Mm -hmm. Um, but some stories that are future stories. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Um, some stories that are, are future stories. They um, they can take like a month. I can work on them, and if I have if I'm interviewing a ton of people or um, you know really researching quite a bit, so it just depends um, how many stories I work on at a time. I can only write one story at a time, but I'm at any time I have at least five cooking in the short term, um, and like many more as far as long term. Um, as far as a week, I generally write at least five to seven stories a week, bare minimum. Some weeks I've written um, as many as like 14 or even more than that.
1: Um, and then your third question, what? remind me your third question. Um, this third one was just the skills, but I, as I think okay. about you know yours, it's clearly writing and research. Um, like you said, relationships, would you add anything else?
0: Yeah, I think um, speed. I think um, like... And I know you uh, wrote, I wrote down some ideas for this, but I'm um, sorry. I, I think like speed, like reporting quickly and being accurate, but knowing instead of being perfect, just kind of knowing like what's good enough and because we always are competing to get out the news as quickly as possible. And I think balancing between accuracy and being in depth and fully reporting the story, but also being really quick to the story, I think is something to navigate. And I'm always trying to do better at that.
1: Got it, makes sense. And tell us the story of your career journey before you arrived at Women's Wear Daily. Um,
0: Yes, so I, um, well, I studied in college. I studied fashion at Savannah College of Art and Design, and then I um, studied magazine journalism at University of Florida. So um, that kind of like preps me nicely to kind of go into that category. And then um, I had a number of internships at fashion magazines. And then my, um, once I graduated, my first full-time role was at a um, Florida publishing company where I was the editor of a number of regional magazines. And so it was a smaller company, but I got a ton of experience in a lot of topics and managing a team, a small team. And then I moved out to San Francisco and worked at the San Francisco Chronicle as a reporter for the Sunday Style section. Hmm. And then I now um, am Women's Wear Daily's first San Francisco-based reporter and first time they have had someone who's completely devoted to technology. So that's been really fun.
1: Wow. And you knew your path, it seems, from, you know, when you were a young age. Can you tell us about, you know, when you decided um, that this is what you wanted to do? Um, yeah, it's. I never actually decided that I wanted to be
0: a reporter. It just kind of, um, my skills and my interests kind of aligned in that way. But um, I've always, I grew up without TV in the house, and so I always used magazines as my entertainment and my escape. And I read a lot, and so I've always loved reading and loved learning new things, and I've always loved aesthetics and fashion and just pretty things, so um, I just kind of naturally was drawn to it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I, I realized that I, even though I studied fashion, I, um, I realized I didn't want to be a fashion designer. I'd rather be um, someone who reported on it, because I love learning new things. I love um, talking to people, and, and so that, this allows me to, to not only report on fashion, but to learn about
1: all different things. Absolutely, and um, for people for women who w- want to advance in similar types of journalism careers, do you have uh, tactical advice or strategies that have worked for you? Um, well, I, I like reading, I always recommend for people to
0: read as much as possible because I learned so much by reading other articles and magazines and writers who I admire. Um, that's really the what I would. It's the easiest thing to do to to train yourself, and it's fun. But um, you can always mimic writers or kind of look at articles and say, okay, what did I like about this? Why did I read the whole thing? What made me keep reading? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also think like, you know, hard work and not being too proud to say yes to to articles or assignments that might not be as glamorous or exciting as your goals. But um, I think a lot of the times I got better assignments just because I did the assignments that might not have seemed as appealing. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Good advice. And any other resources that you you now read to uh, stay on top of your game and keep getting better? Um,
0: well, I, I read as much as I can, as much diversity as I can. I read um, newspapers like the New York Times and the Chronicle, uh, magazines from Time Magazine at the Atlantic to Elle, um, a lot of good stories online. Um, and a, another secret um, resource I have is a good editor. I think having a good relationship with an editor or multiple people who can read your work and... Provide their input and just give it a little, like a 10% tweak, can sometimes make all the difference because you've seen the story for so long that you don't have that objective point
1: of view anymore. Absolutely. And I mean, I absolutely adore magazines too. So you, right, right now, sounding like a dream job <laughs> to, oh. to be able to. Um, and okay, what about is there anything that still scares you at work and how do you handle it when you make mistakes or you make a story mistake? And, you know, tell us that that happens sometimes, does it?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm freaked out all the time. Every day I'm scared. I mean, especially with the the amount of stories I'm writing and the speed that I'm writing, it's very scary that I'll make a mistake or that I will um, publish something too early. Um, we deal a lot with embargoes um, or exclusives, so a brand will secretly tell us some information that we can't put out or publish until a certain time or date, and it's always... Um, very tricky to navigate that and communicate with all the people, you know, cause you have to get as much information as possible, but you don't want anyone to know who's not supposed to know. And I did have that happen one time, um, at a major, um, major company was, they shared some information with me and I was scheduling the story, um, on WordPress and I accidentally, <sighs> um, I made a typo in the time and the story ended up accidentally going out there 15 minutes, um, earlier than it was supposed to. And I know it just sounds like 15 minutes, but that, is very stressful and it it really like it can jeopardize the relationship with that company and it can jeopardize their relationship with other journalists who might question well why did this person get the story before I did and it's actually pretty complicated so um, that was embarrassing and I just try to learn from it and not do it next time but um sometimes when I'm really stressed out and I'm afraid that I'm not quick to re- report on something or not doing my best I just kind of zoom out and say well. Let me get a perspective here. You know, like no one's dying. Everything's gonna be okay. Like,
1: <laughs> you know. So I just try to calm myself down that way. Got it. And uh, what about anything else that you? Any other causes or areas where um, you'd like to be more involved if you had the time?
0: You mean outside of work? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I love learning new things. I love um. I love being really active. I love traveling. Um, I love the idea of a clean house, and that's something I'd like to (laughs) devote more more time to. But um, as far as causes, I think one thing I'm really interested in is uh, transparency. I think um, we're seeing a lot of that in media these days, people reporting on um, whether it's mental health or sexuality or financial struggles or violence against women. I think um, as a journalist, I have you know, the power of the pen to, to bring light to, to issues that you don't often see. And I think, um, it's really interesting to watch with social media. There's so much artifice and there's so much pretending that your life is one way. And I, and I would love to, um, to devote more time to
1: being transparent about the full picture of life. That's a great one. Um, yeah, I, I love what you just said. And what about actually ways to do that? Do you have any ideas on, um, maybe how media will evolve or stories will evolve in order to bring back, to bring forth that type of transparency?
0: Um, Yeah, I think it takes, I mean, writing articles is kind of my, (laughs) the way that I have, um, Mm -hmm. can make an impact. But I think also it just takes um, people being brave enough to, to say, okay, this happened to me. This is, this is um, who I am. And it makes other people feel like they're not alone. And I think, um, when people in the public I do that, it can encourage others. And and I also think being understanding and not um shaming people for sharing, I think, is important.
1: Yeah. And so anything that people would be surprised by about you? <laughs> I know, I just I just teed myself
0: up really badly right there. <laughs> so now I have to share something incredibly revealing. Um, well um Okay. Well, the easy ones are that I speak Czech. I was a foreign exchange student in the Czech Republic. That's something that most people don't know. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I'm an African dancer. I was a dancer. I danced a lot in high school, and I still I love African dance. So
1: I, I dance. love that. Um, so you tell us more. You, how long did you do it, and uh, how did you get involved with it? Um, well, I was a primarily a ballet dancer, but my um, artistic director
0: in high school was from the Dance Theater of Harlem. She was a principal dancer there, and she was also an African dancer, so as part of being in the ballet company, we also had to take African dance classes, and I just grew to love it, so it's something that you can kind of pick up, you know, and a lot of cities have um, them, have dance classes, you can just kind of pick up and do it. It's easier to kind of drop in than it is for ballet, because ballet, it's really hard to just come in and out every now and then.
1: (laughs) So you still do it now in, in San Francisco? When I can, um, I, I try to go to class when I can. I mean,
0: lately, my new um, physical pursuit is I'm learning to um, jump hurdles. I've been practicing with the track team and um, trying to train to do hurdles. So that's been my big new physical endeavor.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, people try new things like that. And so lastly, I, I didn't ask you, and I'd like to hear this now, um, since I can mm-hmm. see how your interests are so varied, tell us a little about how you grew up and your early family influences um, and how long you did ballet for.
0: Oh, um, okay,
1: so I, um,
0: well, I grew up in the South, we moved around a lot, um, because my stepdad was a professor, so I moved a lot, and I think that really influenced me um, to see there's so many different kinds of people, there's so many different perspectives, it it made me um, pretty independent, I think, but also, like, I just got a really diversity of experience, Um, and so then I saw, like, we traveled a lot in the summers, and so I got to see how people in different countries dressed, and I think that kind of showed me the, the, impact of how you look and your style really does um affect the way you're perceived and the way you're treated in the world and how you look I mean it's anthropologically it was interesting to see how different like just to be in the airport and guess where people were from by the way they were dressed and I think that really informed my respect for um style and clothes and as something not just frivolous you know
1: yeah that's fascinating and when you say you moved around did you change schools a lot also yeah. I mean, not, not as much
0: as some people, but I, I lived in three different States growing up and then I was an exchange student and uh, my parents were divorced. So I would go, you know, I had two different households and so accumulated a lot of different um, homes and, and cities and perspectives. Mm-hmm.
1: Got it. Yeah. That's fascinating that, that, so it seems like the travel really influenced your love of fashion and how it um yeah. you know, can impact a life. Right. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it goes beyond just like fashion as far as trends and runways. I think it's like how you style yourself, how you present yourself to the world as like your personal billboard. And I think it's just so important to to acknowledge that and to I, – I find it fascinating and interesting and fun to change. And I get bored easily, so I like changing up my look.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, if you're familiar with Patty Smith and Just Kids, she writes about how she was um, dressing the part of the musician she wanted to become. Mm-hmm. And in the village, and I just love that part and, and it reminded yeah. me of it when you talked about that.
0: And that's true. And they say dress like the job you want or dress how you want to be treated at your work. And I think that's very much true. They say actors t- to get into character dress like their character. And I think that really does make a difference on how you feel and how you present yourself.
1: I do you want to give to our audience about uh, pursuing a career um, in journalism and reporting. Um,
0: I would say um, have diverse interests, you know. Because as a journalist, it's lucky I get to... I feel like I get to be a grad student in whatever topic I'm reporting on. So um, having diverse interests and keeping yourself versatile means that you can be employed by all different kinds of publications. Um, Reading is, like, such a big one. I know it sounds obvious, but it's... I mean, people forget to just read. Um, And um, also, like, obviously, you know, digital skills, video skills, social media skills, not just writing. I mean everyone who's, who's listening to this probably has far more diverse digital skills than I do. But, um, I, I think that's really important. And also like having a good, um, representation of yourself online, whether it's like a website or, you know, and, uh, a good Twitter feed, you know, people look at that. I think hiring editors look at that.
1: Got it. Yeah. And when you say digital skills, I'm curious, like how, um, how extensive do you recommend people get around video or media? Um, For example, someone like you, how often do you get into the weeds of those types of uh, technologies? Well, I mean, every story I submit, I have to submit
0: to WordPress and add links and create a photo gallery or embed um, uh, social media. And that's like not that complicated, but I was able to kind of pick it up quickly because I had done it in previous jobs and it's allowed me to have better stories because I can put the right photos in. Um, I can promote myself better because I comfortable with social media i mean i feel like such a a dinosaur even recommending this because i feel like most people hearing this are like are you really truly telling me to like learn how to do this so i don't know i i think that's the challenge of staying relevant and but still respecting the the reporting skills it's not just the digital skills or knowing how to use snapchat i think old-fashioned reporting skills are also very very valuable
1: absolutely um all right So, you know, listening to you, this makes me really think that this is such a dream job. I mean, you get to keep learning and talking to people, and I I love it.
0: Well, then maybe I didn't uh, completely give you the full picture because it is actually pretty stressful.
1: Yeah. Tell us more. Is it the the amount of stories? Tell us more.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, to, I mean, I, I said my bare minimum is five to seven stories, but I feel like I kind of slacked off if I don't have about 10 stories published every week. Mm -hmm. And, um, it is satisfying in a way to know, okay, this is what I worked on. I reported on all these diverse topics, but at the same time, it's sometimes, um, a little disappointing because I know that if I had just a little bit more time, I could have done so much better at my stories. And so it's, it's hard to put stuff out there when you feel like you could have done better if you had more time to just slow down and, and really devote to the story
1: yeah that makes sense the juggling of it um, still mm. so impressive what you do and it must still be so fulfilling to to look back and have um, all your stories alive and out there in the world
0: yeah that's the good thing
1: about the internet is you can see all like my um, resume is
0: online at all times you can just see all the stories I wrote in the past week so
1: <laughs> you can't really hide <laughs> yeah that's true too well thank you so much I've so enjoyed this call learning about um, the type of work that you're doing sure thank you it's been
0: fun